Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shukizman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, we dissect and dig into the topic of competition and collaboration. When women are still struggling for equality in the world, why are we keeping each other and ourselves down with competition and comparison? Today, we're going to rip off the surface idea that competition is a shameful thing and talk about why all women can hit these feelings from time to time. We actually explore why feelings of competition, jealousy, and insecurity can come up and what we can do to navigate them in our business and life. I talk about why getting clear about your lane is one of the most important things you can do. When we handle our own feelings, collaboration over competition comes naturally and we can pull all women up. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, hello. Welcome today. We're going to dive into a pretty juicy topic. Laura, do you want to kind of explain what we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. I have been thinking a lot about the issue of collaboration versus competition. And it seems as if this has been coming up in articles that I've seen and in conversations I'm having with other women entrepreneurs. So I suggested to Sonia today, why don't we dive in a little bit deeper and see what this is all about. Because what I'm noticing the conversations are sort of around the idea of why aren't we more um, collaborative when we when we're noticing that we could be, why is competition still an issue for women or um, myths that some women still feel that they can't trust other women? Or, you know, I had a woman recently um, question whether or not she really, or she said she didn't always feel safe in a circle of women because in her experience, um, she hadn't felt supported by them. And I've had the opposite experience in my career, but I do see the different many different ways in which we can approach this subject. So I think that I just want us to dive in and start kind of digging under the hood a little bit and see why are we sometimes threatened by each other? Why are we comparing ourselves to one another? Why aren't we simply finding more ways to collaborate and lift one another up? What do you think about that? Yeah, look, I totally agree. And I think what's cool is I want to dive under the surface like you were talking about because I think a lot of women would say they're not competitive, but it's interesting what happens when they start to feel insecure, when they start to feel like they, um, like they start comparing themselves to someone else. And, and all of a sudden there is a feeling of competitiveness underneath the surface. Even if they don't act out competitively, it's like that energy is still there. And so I think it's great for us to actually bring this up to the surface, talk about it. I mean, you know, I think we all go through this. 
notice. I mean, I know I sometimes notice myself, oh gosh, what is that? That's this feeling of competitiveness or that's this feeling of jealousy or, you know, I'm comparing myself and all of a sudden I feel insecure and not worthy. And so I think that's what I really want to sort of tackle today is, you know, I think all of us have these feelings, but we don't talk about them because it's not safe. You know, competitiveness is not attractive in women. At least that's what, you know, a lot of us talk about. And it it's... I, I want to, I think I want to sort of take away the stigma because, and break it down to what is competition really? I mean, collaboration, I think can be easy for women if they don't feel threatened, but you know, competitive, competitiveness, I think we have this really sort of negative judgment on it. And I think it's good for us to sort of break down and look at what, what does it even mean? What, what, are, when do we feel it and why? You make such a good point about the collaboration being something that's sort of assumed for women. And we're actually probably quick to say, oh, yeah, we love collaboration and not feeling that we can admit when we feel jealous or envious. And that that is a really good I think that is something I hadn't until you said it that way. I hadn't realized that how many women are feeling like they have to say that they are because they want to look in a po- they want to be seen in a positive light. And when men are com- competitive, it's sort of seen as this um, expected way like, oh, yeah, men are competitive and that's they're going after what they want. And we want to be more um, collaborative. We're not like men. We, we collaborate together. We lift each other up. But then are we? And what happens when we feel jealous? Because that's a normal, natural emotion. And what are we, how are we talking to each other about this and, um, becoming more conscious of what that envy or jealousy means when we do encounter it instead of just kind of shoving, shoving it under the rug and then feeling shamed about it, feeling ashamed that we feel it. Exactly. And I think this is kind of an interesting topic, similar to the one we did on ambition, because I feel like, you know, there is fun and healthy competition, right? And, but women are often, um, judged for that. Like I think about like my, my poor husband, he always gets thrown under the bus under these, under these podcasts. But you know, <laughs> sometimes like, like when we play cards, we play games. I love it. Like I love sort of being competitive in that fun way. Like I'm not a sore loser. I don't mind losing. I, but I like winning. It's fun, you know? And so oftentimes when I'm playing a game, you know, a lot of people will look at me and be like, Oh my gosh, you're competitive, but I'm super nice. Like I'm never mean to anyone, you know, I never, you know, like I said, I'm a sore loser, but just because I'm a woman and I have fun, you know, sort of playing that competition, I get judged pretty harshly, which I think is really interesting. And I think it's a quite a double standard. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that we've kind of turned it on women where they, they can't always feel that they can express competition. And then we don't feel that we're often able to, you know, fully collaborate because we're secretly wondering if the other person is feeling competitive and can't talk mm-hmm. about it, right? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm confusing myself. I'm talking myself in a circle here, but I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. There's something kind of deep in here where if we're not owning our competitive natures yes. and are we being truly collaborative? And it's interesting and I when we want to be, right, if we're not if we're not like really teasing that out. And recently I had an experience where I was talking with someone who has a very similar vision and a very similar um, 
idea as mine or way of working um, in a similar business and industry. And we were talking about how refreshing it was for us to be able to talk honestly and kind of trade secrets. And then I realized, oh, this is what I do in my co-working industry group because I um, am a part of women who co-work, which is all female founders and operators. And so we're giving each other advice. We're helping each other run spaces and we're all kind of in this together. And in that way, it is collaborative. And I see the positives of that all the time. But this person was saying how that's actually not always how she is um, experiencing women that are telling her that they want to collaborate, that there's Mm -hmm. like this initial, I want to collaborate, let's do this. And then it starts to get weird. And then all of a sudden they start to um, start to retreat and not want to do things together anymore. Or they start to not express things fully or they're like hiding parts of their business. Or I don't know. It, It starts to get into this weird place where they're no longer being honest with each other. And Mm. then they start to get competitive, even though it started off as a collaboration. Mm. And so, yes, I think we're kind of in a double bind around this topic with each other as women to women. Yeah, look, I think so too. And I think what's interesting is, is really because we have to break this topic down, competition, collaboration, really all of it's about power dynamics. See, a lot Mm -hmm. of people are willing to be in collaboration with people who they think are less than them. Right. I mean, let, like, let, let's really pull out the truth, right? Let, like, let's really like uncover the, the truth of our nature because I think we, we, you know, we often want to keep these parts yeah. hidden, but in, in having them hidden, they control us, right? This is like one of my exactly. philosophies is the more that's yes. hidden, the more it controls us. So we have to name yes. it. We have to talk about it. And I think one of those things is, is we've got all these power dynamics because if we feel less than someone, we won't want to collaborate with, with them. But if we feel more than someone, Oftentimes we're totally willing to collaborate because it's like we, we have this space where we feel comfortable in giving and sharing because we are like confident in our position. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, and, and there's lots of power dynamics, but I think what you were talking about where we say we want to collaborate and then things get weird, it's often because of the power dynamics, right? We, we want to yeah. collaborate with someone, but then we start feeling like, um, you know, we're not getting enough or really all of our sort of power issues come out to play and our value issues come out to play. And this is the beauty of like engagement and relationships is that, you know, they show us where we're still not whole. They show us where we still have patterns where we're devaluing ourselves or we still have patterns where we feel like we're powerless. And then those are the things that come up, you know, so even if there's an intent to collaborate, a lot of times all the power dynamics show up and most people don't address Mm -hmm. them and they don't know what to do with them. Yes, absolutely. And of course, you know, from a Jungian perspective in psychology, we talk about that as the shadow. So the shadow side is like this part of us that does, that starts to feel like I am jealous. I am envious of this other person. I'm feeling less powerful. And so then all of a sudden I'm guarding my secrets, so to speak. I'm not giving, I'm not collaborating. I'm not helping. And that is also something that's coming up because I think this power differential is because we live in a culture in which we don't have a lot of examples of shared power, you know, in which distribution is is distributed amongst um, businesses. You often are feeling like you have to take a position of I'm this individual 
um, business owner with these goals. And now I'm starting to lose my control or I'm starting to lose my power Mm. where I've actually experienced, especially through the co-working movement that, and it's actually been a teacher to me in this is that the more that I shift out of being threatened by, or let's see how, let me back up and, and untangle this a little bit because my relationship to power has been shifting over like the last decade. And part of that is because of work with, um, with the work that I do in psychology, which is a lot of focus on feminist um, perspectives and, you know, familial societal violence, there's power, a lot of misuse of power, abuse of power. So starting to look at how people, how people work with power within their own sense of self and in their psyche. And then you take this into business and you are kind of in these positions or we're told sort of culturally, I think we're told that you have to, to be safe in this world. You need to take care of your resources or there's only a certain limited amount of resources and those in power are going to have access to them and those that have little power are not. And so instead of looking at ways in which we're distributing power so that we all have access, we're like stepping on, we start to feel as if we have to step on top of one another. And women, especially if you only see two women in power at the top, like CEOs in your, you know, in companies or in top level administration management, and you think there's only two positions available, you know, in the Mm -hmm. hundreds of other positions or, or men, then you start to think, that you have to be that individual that gets into that one spot. Yep. Yet in reality, like women are actually the data is even showing that women at the top create more opportunity for inclusion. They're more likely to hire women and other minorities and put them into positions of power. So there's some sort of interesting thing we've got going on here, right? Well, <laughs> I, I would, in, in interesting love, I would, I think that there's an opportunity for the women at the top to pull people up. But what I find, and yeah. I've had a lot of these conversations over this last week, actually, is mm-hmm. that the women in corporate, like they have had the worst experience with women managers and women at the mm. top because those women are so competitive and so right, the old paradigm totally yeah. and so mm-hmm. like a man you know acting like a man that they cut yeah. off any opportunity for collaboration because they like you said there there's like this scarcity of resources like there's only a few positions at the top they're going to claim their spot and you know they have to cut be cutthroat in order to do it yeah and, and actually so, it makes yeah yeah go ahead I was just going to say, so, so yeah, so I think it's really interesting. I mean, there's sort of a lot of pieces that we're pulling out today. And one of the things that I think is a really interesting, like, thread of this topic is that for me, I recognize that when a woman is not empowered in herself, she'll become more competitive. Mm-hmm. Because, see, the power dynamics, you know, we can look outside of ourselves to recognize sort of this, like, power dynamics. But really, when you're confident in your own power and you're clear about where you stand and you're clear about your value and you're clear about your lane, which we've talked about in another episode, then you will be standing in that power and you won't be looking at competition. You're you're totally confident in your own power. You don't need someone else's power. You don't need to give up your power. It's like you're just really cleanly and comfortable in your space that that is the best opportunity for collaboration. Yeah, I see what you mean about in your lane. I've noticed that when you start um, kind of getting out of 
if you start losing confidence of the space that you're in, it's a lot easier to notice yourself being competitive because then you're sort of you're like, oh, look at that, you know, look at that entrepreneur doing that and look at she's doing that. And then you're all of a sudden you're you're comparing yourself across the board in so many different ways mm. when maybe there's something that's your niche and your thing and focusing there brings you back into a place of confidence and you start to realize, wait a minute, I don't have to be doing that. That's that person's brand. And when I come back into my own lane, I can feel that sense of confidence. Like this is my thing. Um, this is where I'm headed. This is also why I think it's important. And we've talked about this in a previous podcast about having mentors because mm. they're the ones that kind of help you when you start, because we all spread out across different lanes, especially as <laughs> new entrepreneurs, you yes. know, we're like, wait a minute, maybe I'm being too niche here and I need to go over and take care of these people and take care of these people. And so having mentors come in and say, hey, I'm, I'm noticing you're starting to to wobble a little bit and, and I'm noticing like you're losing a little bit of your confidence or you're starting to compare. And so like, let's tighten it up and return to your calling. Like what's your, what are your gifts? What are you really doing? Like bringing it in. Mm -hmm. um, so I agree to that point that we, that we notice that sort of comparison when we're not being true to ourselves. And I've also noticed on that same note, not being true to myself sometimes on social media, if I do feel a little, a little uh, tug at my belly and I'm like, oh, and I feel um, envious or I feel like, oh my goodness, or just feeling, you know, when you leave slightly feeling bad about yourself after you've scrolled through <laughs> your social media yes. feed, like, what is that about? Uh -huh. So I've noticed, you know, that when that happens for me, it's usually because one, I've started looking at people doing other things that aren't in my lane, like you said, and I start thinking I should be doing that. And so I pull myself in. But the other one, which is really interesting, I started using it, is that I, when I see somebody doing something that is something I've been wanting to do, but is scared or too afraid to take the step to do it. Yes, that is such a cool thing. I mean, you know, it's an interesting thing and so cool because this is something I've been recognizing in myself as well. It's, it's where we're not taking responsibility, right? Because I'll look at someone and, and I'll be, and this, gosh, this goes back to a really old pattern of like high school, you know, and, and it's still, I'm still integrating pieces of it, but it's like this feeling of I'll see people step above me or like really make this amazing decision that is like a huge risk and I'm unwilling to take it. And then there's this feeling of jealousy, right? There's this feeling of envy that like, Oh, look, they got all this now. They've, they're experiencing all this now. And it's like for me to have to come back to myself and say, yeah, well, I wouldn't take that risk. I wasn't willing to make that decision or to step up in that. That's my responsibility. And I chose not to do it. And, and so it's a really good reflection sometimes when we're envious or we feel like we're not as good as to look at where are we not taking responsibility? Mm-hmm. And yes. And then using that to be like, Oh, well then what can I do? Like, how can I let, um, actually I heard someone say something along the lines of when you feel envy, where do you take action? Like, mm. okay, where do I need to take action? Because maybe it is that book that, you know, somebody just published a book and you've been really meaning to write that book. So 
what's the action? Where do you need to start carving out time for you to do that work that you want to do? Or somebody's just launched a podcast and you've just been itching to do it and holding back. So take that first step. And there's something about taking that step that in that direction of where you want to go, all of a sudden you start to even see that that person that you might have felt a little jealous about. Now you're looking back at their website or at their feet, like, how did they do that? Where are they going for that? How is this happening? Mm. And that they become a resource mm. and they become somebody you can look to to be like, how did that, how did they help themselves towards that direction? And how can I do the same for myself? And there's a really nice feeling that comes from action rather than stewing and that envy or that jealousy, and then just feeling bad about yourself, like, huh, you know, what's wrong with me? It's like, there's nothing wrong, but maybe there's something that's not being expressed and something you're wanting to birth or bring forward. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, like in breaking this topic down, right, because I think we sort of have been around, there's, there's so many juicy pieces, actually, to this topic. Yeah. You know, I think what we're really talking about is, is competition because I believe as women when we are whole or when we're more empowered and when we're confident in what we're doing collaboration is just something we do like it's not even a we don't have to deliberately do it we don't have to think about it like we just want to collaborate it's why so much of the world has realized that investing in girls is how poverty is going to change and is how the world's going to change because girls will naturally give to the whole that whole village the whole community the whole world whereas you know it's shown statistically that men more service themselves. And, and of course, you know, these are very generalizations, but it's, it's actually created that where they found that, that to increase, like to um, actually pull the world out of poverty, it's going to take investing in girls. So I think collaboration is quite natural for us. It's, it's really looking at what's in the way of that. Absolutely. Yes. So what is standing in the way? Because that was sort of the research I was referencing earlier about women are more likely to create cultures of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And we are, because we are often experiencing some level of um, limiting, you know, somehow our access has been limited, then we understand that. And then we're wanting to bring in groups of different um, abilities and of different color and of different um parts on the spectrum. So like there's different ways in which we see these, all of these diverse voices need to be brought in in order for there to be more creativity, more productivity, more um, success. Women are doing that and the research is showing that we're doing that. However, the question is, why is it still that we do get trapped into thinking that maybe it's a distorted type of competition because healthy competition is awesome and it yep. can be collaborative. Yep. Right. You want to bring in like, okay, what's your idea and your idea? And let's see if you can top that idea, like in a healthy, like top that in a, can we go bigger? Can we expand outside of the box more? What can, what can two brains do that one brain can't, but you're still like raising the bar for one another. You know, have you been in that kind of healthy competition where that person's creativity and their drive is actually inspiring you to keep going to your fullest potential? And so there's that's a healthy way in which competition shows up in within a collaborative context. And that's something I I guess it goes back to culturally. That's not what we think of. Maybe mm -hmm. when we think of competition, we think of um, pushing each other out. 
and alienating and thinking that we're vying for a limited amount of resources and only one person's going to get the, <laughs> the winner's circle. Yeah, well, and interestingly enough, that it makes sense why we think that because the actual definition of competition is the activity or condition of striving to gain or win something by defeating or establishing superiority over others. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's we need act- to re. Where's Wikipedia? We yeah. need to start rewriting competition. <laughs> totally. I mean, but yeah, I love going back to definitions, right? Because they say they yeah. they they're sort of embedded in our um, DNA and our culture and our history. And so, you know, it's interesting. And I think, yeah, that that is the way that most people get this unhealthy sort of superiority. What's interesting is that. Um, I've worked a lot with sort of these power dynamics, right? And and what I find is anyone who has superiority issues also has inferiority issues and the opposite way around. Somebody who has inferiority issues also has superiority issues. Like there is, they are basically like a side of a coin. And so you have both sides. You can't have one without the other. And, and I think that that's really some, some of the things. So you have a lot of people who play their inferiority side, right? Especially women. They're more likely to play out or talk about or look at their infor- inferiority side. Like, I don't feel as good as others. I don't feel, but they will also have a superiority side. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. so, you know, and so, and so there is that competition. This is why I wanted to bring it up is because I think, you know, we really have to get honest and look at where do we all still feel competitive? Because this is the thing in the way of collaboration. And this is the thing in the way of our success, actually, is that, you know, we, we get stuck in this competitive nature and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about how we feel. We don't talk about that, that comparison. We don't talk about our jealousy. Like I know for me over my history, uh, jealousy is like the last thing that I want to own. Like the last thing I will own <laughs> shame over jealousy. Like, I don't know why, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason to me, jealousy is the most shameful thing to own. And, you know, it, it's so interesting. So, you know, in my history, cause I've owned a lot of stuff in my life, a lot of things I've done, a lot of things I've been, but jealousy has always been this super uncomfortable ownership of like, yeah, I am jealous. Yeah. You know, I'm envious of this person who I feel like is doing better. Or I, I sometimes will even look at it as they, they're, they're luckier than I am, right? They've, they have more opportunities than I have. They know people I don't know, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think what's so important is that, you know, this is the, like you said, the shadow side that we need to begin to recognize, to talk about, to feel safe, to own, like to look at, because it sabotages our success. Every time we feel that comparison and that competition, we actually slow ourselves down from success. Mm Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's an interesting, why is it that jealousy is, I think it is for a lot of women, a hard one to, maybe this goes back to the double bind. It's a hard one to own because women are, are taught growing up that we need to be mindful of the group and we need to be sharing the spotlight, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, there is sort of that this is this interesting conundrum because we are taught to share the spotlight mm. and to be um, looking out for one another. And men are often encouraged to take the spotlight and it's great to get the first um, that get that medal or first place. 
And when women are in a situation in which they're actually feeling that jealousy, hmm, I'm just thinking this through. Yeah, it's it's really challenging because that's more than it's it's not something that we are ever really <laughs> given permission to feel. Because I think mm. even maybe men are because of the way that. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking. Well, look, this is look, what you know. This is this, this, this is what we yeah, do in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we have to break it down. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, I love it because we don't ever plan our topics. Obviously, so these are all we're having insights and realizations and and chats about things we haven't even really discussed prior to our episodes. But you know what I what I, I think you said is is that we are not supported to shine. And yet women want to shine, right? We want to, we want to feel like we're complete, like we're whole, like we're valued in and of ourselves, not because we're part of the whole, not because we're, you know, the village, but because we're individual. Like I, this is what I think. I think women want to be recognized for that individuality, yet we're shamed for doing that, right? We we're we're not allowed to shine in the same way. So maybe part of the reason that we feel those competitive feelings and also that we hide them is because we've never been given really like in society, you know, the permission to shine as an individual, just who we are. Mm. Yes, that's it. Yeah. We do not have, we've not been given permission, nor do we really give ourselves permission to stand in the spotlight and to be at the top. So there's a part of that competition that remains, the idea of competition remains in the shadow because it's not something that we want to admit that we even want. Yeah. In a way, we we want to be able to have those um, recognitions, like yeah. we'd like to be able to be recognized for our efforts. Yeah. And I mean, look at, look at history. Look, every time I listen to some... Um, like historical recall of women inventors and how little we know about them. Or look at that recent um, movie that came out, Hidden Figures, about these mm. amazing women physicists and mathematicians who helped launch um, the man in, to the moon. And, you know, it was just like, did you see that movie, Hidden yes. Figures? Oh, it's a so real good. One. Yep. Right? And so we have tons and tons and tons of those stories of women doing things, miraculous things, amazing things, but they didn't receive any attention or appreciation or spotlight then. And so maybe there is like in a way that spotlight is our, is in our shadow. We don't want to admit that we want it. It's ego driven. It's not collaborative. It's not healthy. And so there's almost the shaming that we've had all the way around it. Then when we are asked to, Oh, you guys just need to not be as competitive, just collaborate. It's like, Well, we, we know what that means to collaborate, but if we're not kind of all, if we're not owning the shadow of what's being disowned, a desire for attention, and we're trying to collaborate, then it comes out not in a true collaboration. It's not truly giving Mm. um, recognition to all of those that are contributing. And once again, we, maybe then we end up feeling resentful or we feel jealous of other people in the group and then it just creates this cycle in which women are not truly standing in their power. Yeah, it looks so true. And I was just thinking, well, there's so many things that I want to like talk about. I think we're going to have to do a second a episode second on one. this <laughs> because I didn't even realize that so much stuff would come up, but there's so many threads here. 
But one of the things I was going to say is, okay, so I've done a lot of self-development courses, right? And one of the things that they've talked about in there is that the ego development is actually a rite of passage. Like so many people give the ego a bad name, right? And they, they try to like ignore the ego, move around the ego, get rid of the ego, whatever it is, like in spiritual, in sort of spiritual processes and spirituality, if you look at some of those pathways. But what, you know, this self-development course that I've taken talks about is that you have to develop the ego before you can truly be selfless. And so many people ignore that part, right? They just, they just want to go over it. They don't actually fully develop the ego. And so when we talk about raising our kids so much, it's about helping them to actually develop their ego, not suppress it, not try to get rid of it, not tell them it's bad because they should be selfless. They actually need to develop their ego to be a healthy individual. And when the ego's developed, you can be more selfless, like really selfless, not as an identity because you think that's how you should be, but actually as a natural phenomenon. And Mm -hmm. I think it's actually true with what we're talking about here as well. You know, if you don't develop that individuality, that, that, um, awareness of self, that confidence and care of your lane and yourself. And obviously in business, we're talking about, you know, you being able to stay within your lane and stay within your gifts, which is something I work on with every single person that I work with because it's so important and not enough people even know, understand what that actually means. So when you're in your lane and you're in that confidence, that's like a, a part of the development. And, and once you're able to be confident, collaboration comes naturally. And so I think we've got to start to look at, and I, I have this great example because when mm-hmm. I first came to Australia and, and actually when I first came to Melbourne and I was, um, you know, just, just starting to get back into this community and figure out where my business fit in in it. And I met this woman and she was, she was really competitive and in a, in a nasty way. And the, she, it was like the, she had all these sort of under, under, uh, what do you call it? Like covert punches that she would throw at me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand what was happening. Like, why was she like this? Like, I didn't even hardly know her. And, you know, there was this, she was just sort of getting into her business where she was trying to find her lane and she didn't really have it. So it's like, she had this impression that I was competition. And so, you know, we, every time I'd see her, there'd sort of be this little nasty covert punch. And I was just thinking, wow, amazing. Well, eventually, like over a year or two, she, she just, it's like she found her lane, right? And it was really beautiful. Like you could feel it. Like she found her lane. She owned it. It was amazing. It wasn't anything related to what we did. Like, you know, as far as what I do, you know, she just, she had a lane. And when that happened, it was like all competition ceased. Like her energy was totally different. She no longer had the covert punches. There was no longer sort of that air of competitiveness. She was just secure in herself. And I think that is what we all need to get to. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so how my, my brain, my little wheels start to turn. And I just think, so how do we do that as women working with other women, surrounded by other women? How do women continue to do this work, our inner work, but also find ways to communicate and model that or encourage that with one another. Because the challenge is is that we've internalized the sexism, you know? So some of that lack of confidence is because we've not been taken seriously in our work before we became entrepreneurs and now we're trying to find ourselves. So I'm thinking like, how do we do this? And I mean, I guess I I'm asking that question, but 
as I'm asking that, I'm thinking one of the most successful, most, the thing that's working for me right now in my life, because it's exactly, you know, you're bringing up that personal example of being around someone who's not in their lane, they're not feeling confident, and then they're bam, like right where they need to be and how that shifts for everybody. Mm. And I think that, you know, working like right now, um, I'm, well, just recently I invited two other female founders of co-working spaces in my local city to come and join me on a free co-working day in which the whole, um, all of the co-working, local independent co-working spaces in Austin were forming, we formed an alliance, we're doing this co-working day, and there were two women that I knew weren't going to have um, the opportunity to open up their space. So I said, come on over, like come over to my space and let's do a panel together and let's talk about it. And having them there was so much more, um, it was so, I can't even describe it. It was just not just supportive, but so much more powerful, more powerful for me to be standing with women doing similar work that I'm doing and talking from that perspective and showing my members like, Hey, I want you to go to their co-working spaces. When you, when you're not in my space, you should be going to their spaces. You should be working with these women. We should be supporting each other. Just this whole ecosystem of there's more than enough. Mm. And each one of you is in your lane and that's awesome. And I don't want to be in your lane and I'm not going to go and, um, send you to somebody who's, um, yeah, doing the same thing. It's like, we're all doing our little different things and we all need to go and support one another. So I've just been feeling it personally in a way that is so profound. And I, cause I think I've wondered about how to do this and how to collaborate with more people in my city. But really that was an experience of where we, we did. We sat down together and talked about our spaces and shared the value of an industry that we all have in common, but shared how we're all in our own lane doing our thing. And that is so enriching. And maybe why I felt really excited is that I want to continue to model that for the women in my, my community. I want them to think about, how they can really stand alongside other women with similar missions, but not the same mission. We're yeah. similar. We all are unique in the what we're trying to do and how we're doing it. And there's nothing scary and um, intimidating when you actually come together with women on the same mission and lift each other up. It's, it's more powerful. It's more effective. You've just radiated, you know, and increased your visibility in a way that you maybe couldn't even do alone. Yeah. Look, I, I, I so agree. And I think it's so amazing. And, and the many collaborative experiences I've had have been so powerful. But one of the things I also think that's really come out of sort of our episode today is it's about sequence, right? So much in business and life is about sequence. It's putting the right things in the right order so that you have long-term success, right? So you learn the skill that's required before the next skill that you need to learn and the next skill that you need to learn. So it's like the sequencing, right? And one of the things I think is that the problem is, is that if you are not securing yourself and you don't know what your mission is, then it, then you're going to be more competitive. It's going to be so much harder to collaborate and you're going to constantly feel shamed and, and not good enough being in that environment where other people are super clear about their mission and it, it feels like competition. 
And so I think mm-hmm. that, you know, one of the things that like you've done so much work, Laura. So, and that's a testament to that, you know, that you've done so much work yeah. that when you collaborate, it just feels so good because you're clear about sort of what your lane is. And I think we did that with Samavita from the beginning. Like we were, we were so clear that this is sort of the lane that Samavita is going to be in. And it was sort of a unique positioning at that time. And so it's like, there's this clarity around that, that you're able to carry forward. But what I think is if, if people are struggling with their value and they're struggling with the, that competitive feeling of that jealousy of that envy. And, and the first thing we have to do is get honest about it, right? The first thing we yeah. have to do is notice it. Like where, when do I feel that? Because I mean, I still feel that sometimes with people who I think are more successful than me. Like it'll still come up and I have to be like, mm, okay, there's that feeling. Okay. So you know, what do I need to do? Either I need to come back to myself and figure out, am I still not owning my lane enough? Am I, am I, or am I kind of out of a lane that's not really fully mine? Or am I just insecure? Is this an old pattern? Like I've got to become aware of where that feeling is coming from and I've got to sort it out. Because if I don't do that, then even if I try to force collaboration, I'm eventually going to sabotage it or I'm going to feel worse after the collaboration. And so I think that's just a really good point is that it is about sequencing. And if you find that you're having Mm -hmm. feelings like this a lot, well, then it's just about you needing to do the work to figure out where does your business fit in? What is your unique positioning? What is your lane? So that you don't feel competitive anymore. Yes. And of course, I love the direction that this conversation is going because it's speaking to the power of self-awareness and mindfulness around our emotions and using our emotional reactions, not as a place of shame, of Mm. um, self-criticism and saying, look at me, um, self-depreciating. I'm feeling jealous and what a horrible person I am. And I should be really proud of my friend who just did this or just did that and like we could go there but when you start to have those emotions being really gentle really compassionate and um and being like a radical self-inquire you know it's like what is this why am I feeling this way oh okay like let's back this up this is a human emotion I'm feeling this and like you said is there something in my own path? Am I, am I getting out of my lane? Am I not confident in my lane? Who do I need to reach out to? Do I have these beliefs? You know, we haven't talked too much about um, mm. this. In I know we've talked about poverty consciousness in the money podcast a little bit, but it's relevant in, in this sense of resources. And I've talked mm. about this, um, you know, a few times I've said, you know, we can't, it, we need to open our mind and realize that there's not as much limited resources as we believe there's infinite abundance in so many of our, if of, of our lives in so many ways, whether it's um, financial abundance or clients coming in and we start thinking we have a belief that things are scarce and there's only, you know, we start operating as if there's five clients in the world and that person already has all of them and I can't have any. It's like, no, this is a, a time to reflect on those beliefs and how true are they and where do they come from and what happens when you start thinking differently about the world, that there's more than enough and I have a lane and it's really freaking awesome because everything I've experienced up until this point has helped and trained me for this lane 
right? It's like, mm. how many times do you find women in a position of, um, on a mission and they tell their story and you think nobody could know this as well as you do because your life circumstances led you here. And yeah. this is, it's like a magical thing, you know? And we don't understand why all those synchronicities have happened, but yet there they are. And it's trusting. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the reasons why visually I've always used staying in your own lane versus a lot of people use sort of the piece of you, you got a piece of the pie, right? So if you even think of it in terms visually, that the idea that you have a piece of a pie is still you know, this idea that there's limited resources, there's a hundred percent, which is the pie. Yeah. You're like, how big is my pie slice, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And in order to have more of my pie, I've got to take some from yours, right? Like that, that's sort of the visual that I think is embedded in us, but we have to look at more like we, we have our own lane there and no one's taking anything away from us and we're not taking anything away from anyone else. Our own lane is our own lane and everyone can have their own lane. And I think that this is, is such a different viewpoint because it is just about being empowered in and of ourselves and no one needs to take away our power and no one needs to give us power. It's ours. It's always been Mm -hmm. ours and it always will be ours. And that is such a different viewpoint to operate your business from and to operate your life from. I mean, it's not just business, right? This flows into every area. But I think that not a lot, I mean, I'm going to be really honest, not a lot of people are operating in their power in their business and they're not operating in their lane. I mean, very, very few people. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of um, swerving around and trying to figure out, yeah. Why I, I really like the idea of the lanes, like you said. I'm glad you made that distinction because I think a lot of our listeners have probably heard the metaphor of the pie, and, and there is still a certain amount of um, finite pie. Um, but the lanes really do feel infinite, like there's enough space for everybody, and staying in that space knowing that this is where you belong. This is your space to begin with. It's your space to swim. And every once in a while, you're going to ask other people to come in and hang out in your space. And that's going to feel awesome. But it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still the space that you're in and vice versa. You can go and visit other people's spaces. But this ability to really stay true to ourselves and being honest with each other. And maybe that's the question of, you know, how do we how do we help bring more um, women into their confidence into staying in that lane? It's like, let's be honest about how hard it is, you know, for us to do that. Let's talk about when competition um, or envy or jealousy comes up. Mm-hmm. And then let's give examples of when I felt really competitive in a great way. And I just think, again, coming back to the whole premise of this podcast, it's really having the conversations with one another that we're not having. And yeah. and it's only us that we're hurting by not telling each other. It's like we are holding down the power of the collective yes. woman when we pretend as if we're not feeling what we're feeling and we're keeping those things and from you know from one another. Yes. Yes, so true. And I mean, I think this is like, we've got to start to feel safe to look at the shadow side without the judgment and without the, um, 
without the criticism and without the fear and the shame, because the truth is the shadow side is what's keeping us down. I mean, no matter what I do with most women, almost always the work that I'm doing with them is exposing their shadow side, right? Because that's the real blocks. You know, it's yeah. not the light side, the side that they're conscious of, the side that they want to be like that side's easy. It is the unconscious, the dark side, the shadow side, the things they don't want to talk about. Those are the things that are stopping them from succeeding. And if we don't get more honest and we don't bring these kind of issues up, then, you know, it's not only is it not okay for ourselves, but it, it makes it not safe for others. I mean, you know, mm. me admitting that like, yes, I get jealous, I have envy, you know, all these things, it allows other people to recognize, wow, okay, you know, if she's admitting it, maybe I can admit it, maybe I can look at it. You know, it's, it's that, you know, thing of being honest actually increases more honesty in the world. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's the transparency, being able to actually speak to what we're feeling allows you just it just automatically gives permission and there is sort of a collective just like there's a collective consciousness there's a collective unconscious the collective shadow and it's almost as if we as women by remaining silent we're just um we are sustaining this collective shadow that's Mm -hmm. not in anybody's best interest and of course we need these shadow sides because this is where we do the work, but we want to do the work. We want to come and meet the shadow. We want to talk about it. We want to see, you know, why is it here? And and then it teaches us that we can be more powerful. We can shine brighter. And I saw a little, um, my teenage daughter who's about to turn 16. Um, she likes to scroll through her Instagram feed and share some of these inspirational memes. So she was like, Hey mom, check this one out. I like it. And it says, you know, women need to understand that they do not have to screw out another woman's light bulb in order for her to shine. (laughs) And I was like, there you go. There's no need to diminish one another. Beautiful, wonderful, amazing women out there. We are so powerful together. And yes, we're sometimes going to feel envious of one another and jealous from time to time. But that's just an indicator of some action we may need to take in our own lives. It's no indicator of our potential and of the amazingness of your sister. Yes. You know? So true. And I think, you know, we're more powerful together when our light is fully shining as well. Like, you know, the more fully shining lights. I mean, I always say that my mission one day, I just want to be able to see every woman in the world living her greatest potential, right? That is, that is my dream world. That is my utopia. Like, you know, just every single woman living her fullest potential, right? Her light shining, every woman shining. And we, we would make an amazing world if we were doing that. And part of the reason the world is struggling the way it is, is because women's lights are not shining. You know, and I think this is, this is where we've got to start to shift that. And naturally when we do, we'll experience the collaboration, we'll experience the unity, we'll experience the care for one another, you know, and it's not, I know, and this is why I think it's so good how we broach this topic because I know that a lot of women are really caring, right? I'm super caring. Most people would think I'm inclusive, like I'm very loving. Most, I I don't think a single person in my life would look at me and think I'm competitive in business or with other women at all. But the Mm -hmm. feelings I have, the shadow sides I have, the things that come up for me that I have to to deal with and integrate, they're there. They're real because I'm human. 
And so was everyone else. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think this is the piece we're talking about is like, you know, it, you may not have ever exhibited the kind of competitive I was talking, the kind of competitiveness I was talking about with that one woman where you've, you know, literally punched someone under, you know, covertly or whatever. Maybe that's not the kind of competitive you show, but inside of you, there'll be some ways in which you, you feel less than. And that is where we have to, to do the work, as you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it has become so much, it's, it's better for me that I have realized, um, that I can be compassionate and ask myself when I'm feeling jealous or envious where it's coming from and just ask, okay, what, what step am I not taking? What do I want to do that I'm not doing And that? And and I and I'll and this is honest. I can't do that every day. There are some days that I'm tired and I've been up. My toddler's in a cranky mood. Dinner's not ready. Whatever, whatever. And I'm scrolling through, and I just get that yucky feeling of, mm. oh, gosh, look at all of these wonderful things happening. Everybody's doing this, and I'm not. And I'm behind my to do list. And on those days, if it goes dark, if I just get down on myself. That's when I actually unplug the phone. I'm done. I, this is not healthy. There's no need to do this because I'm not resourced enough, you know, yes. to be able to be compassionate. So there's moments where I just turn off the stimuli and I just say I'm not resourced enough for social media. Mm-hmm. And there's actually been research that shows that forms of social, especially Instagram, apparently has the higher um, rate of depression, like the correlation with people feeling depressed. And by comparing and just getting on there and comparing. So I just want to say to listeners, I'm not saying that you always have to feel resilient and resourced enough to just be like, okay, let's be the better person. What am I missing? What book do I need to publish? What public speaking <laughs> engagement do I need to take? Because <laughs> I'm not doing that every day. I'm also experiencing fear of missing out and I'm such a you know loser. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can't believe all these people are doing so many amazing things. And on those days, I turn off the phone and I curl up with my family and I go really present, like what's happening with me right now, or I go to bed. And I think that's really important to remember too, is that, yeah, that's going to ebb and flow. It is. And yeah, knowing that, and and this is what Sonia and I are asking of everyone, just being mindful and compassionate and, and curious about where you are. And the more that we talk about it, yeah, the better it is for all of us. Absolutely. And I love that advice, you know, like to just turn it off, just turn it all off. Like, you know, and when you're not resourced, get more resourced. And sometimes that's just sleeping. And sometimes that's asking for help. And sometimes that is like going and taking a bath, which I do often, (laughs) like whatever (laughs) that is. I mean, you know, like get more resourced. You know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm going to go do this massive self-development act over the next few days. Like sometimes it's just like, you just need to sleep. So, so do it. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about this before, but it's the comparison. We have to stop comparing ourselves. Your light is so unique. What you are bringing to the world is so unique. It is based on your story. It is based on your history. It is based on your talents. I mean, every single woman I work with, the first thing I do is like, open up their life. What have they done? What's their experiences? What's their expertise? What's their, what, what do they know? What are they confident in? And every person is unique, right? There's never been in the thousands of women I work with, there's never been someone who's like the same as anyone, <laughs> right? We, we 
we each have a story mm-hmm. and a light to bring. And I think that that's what we have to start to become more aware of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Any final thoughts, Laura? I'm just feeling really grateful that we have taken the green eyed monster out of the bag. <laughs> and, uh, and I think this is actually, I do want to talk more. It may not be uh, the next conversation we have, but tune in for more conversations on comparison and competition yes. and collaboration, because I think it's, there's many, many threads. And we'd love to also hear your thoughts on mm-hmm. the Facebook page and just sharing experiences, because I think that's an interesting thing too, for us to start telling our stories of, you know, of how we're experiencing this out in the the world with our businesses and with our colleagues and in our, in with employers and employees and all of that. So yeah, yeah, I I welcome that. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.